Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 4 of A New Voice of Freedom, written by Ronald Keith Messer. This podcast is taken from a series of books written under the banner, In Defense of Christianity. Podcast 150, Arguments for the Existence of God, Episode 5, is entitled, Heaven. If intelligence self-exists, we must answer the question, Why is God, God? To do that, we must know the nature of God. There are certain absolutes we must recognize, or things will not make sense. To understand the conclusions presented in this podcast, I ask you to accept the following four assumptions. Assumption 1. Something can never come from nothing. Assumption 2. All things are made of matter and energy. Assumption 3. Matter and energy cannot be created or destroyed. Assumption 4. Even God is bound by the three laws above. In this podcast, I shall ask you to make 12 other assumptions. God is the author or organizer of both temporal and spiritual laws. Everything is governed by a complete set of laws. All laws are governed under one great whole. Even God is bound by law. God cannot allow evil in his presence. Elohim, or God the Father, and Jesus Christ his Son are two separate beings. Elohim, or God the Father, is the literal Father of our spirits. Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, under the direction of his Father, created heaven and earth, and everything in them, including our physical bodies. Christ is the God of the Old Testament, and Christ is the God of this world. As instructed by Christ, we pray to the Father in the name of the Son. We can only know God through faith. Science can neither prove nor disprove the existence of God. The question is often asked, why would God, who died for our sins, prevent some of his children from going to heaven? The answer is simple. He doesn't. God is no respecter of persons. All of God's children are invited to live with God in heaven when they die. We prevent ourselves from going to heaven through willful disobedience of his laws. God is not responsible for who we are or who we become. Because we have always had free will and agency, we alone are responsible for our behavior. Speaking spiritually and not temporally, for we all have different gifts. We all have equal potential, and the day will come when earthly limitations have no importance. The great battle on earth is not in getting fame or wealth or power. Those are desires of the natural man. The great battle on earth is overcoming sin. The natural man often compels us to fight against God. Our great challenge is to overcome the natural man by obeying the commandments of God. 
The laws of God set boundaries on the natural man. Those who live within those boundaries will go to heaven, for they will be cleansed from sin by the grace of Christ. That leads to the 17th assumption. God is just. He will never violate the law of agency. That is to say, he will never take away the agency of man. He will force no one to heaven. It must be understood that every soul on this earth is equally important to God, and all are invited to come to heaven. In Revelation 22, we read, I, Jesus, having sent mine angel to testify unto these things in the churches, I am the root and the offspring of David, and the bright and morning star, and the spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is athirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. The clarion call is to all the children of God. Those who do not go to heaven chose of their own free will not to go to heaven. We all have the ability to obey laws and to repent as long as we know what those laws are. It is through law that we are justified, perfected, and sanctified. God will not hold us accountable for laws we have not been taught. The more we know, the more responsibility we have for our actions. Willful ignorance is no excuse, but imposed ignorance is. Heaven is a perfect place, but no one is perfect. Therefore, all who go to heaven will, through the atonement and mercy of Christ, be made perfect if they strive to keep the commandments to the best of their ability. Christ, who suffered temptations in the same way that we do, though he never gave in to sin, understands the nature of sin. Paul tells us in Hebrews 4, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Christ has empathy for our weaknesses. That is why he atoned for our sins. If he expected perfection, he would not have suffered and sacrificed his life for us. God gave everyone the gift of repentance. Heaven, speaking of the highest heaven where God and Christ dwell, can only be inhabited by those who have been justified, perfected, preserved, and sanctified by the laws of Christ. Heaven can only accommodate the good. It is according to the law of justice. Paul tells us there are many degrees of heaven. People are not equally good any more than they are equally bad. There is not just one heaven and one hell. The law of mercy states that we are only accountable for our own sins and not for the fall of Adam or for anyone else's sins. We will be judged for our own sins and rewarded for our own good works. Different degrees of reward and punishment only make sense if God is both just and merciful. Every individual is different. No one knows that better than God. Christ qualified himself to be our judge by coming to earth and being born of an earthly mother. He suffered temptations as we suffer temptation. He suffered as we suffer. That is why God the Father put all judgment into his hands. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul speaks of many heavens and teaches us of the different degrees of heaven. There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial, but the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. 
There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one star differeth from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body, and there is a spiritual body. Each one of those kingdoms, though governed by a separate set of laws, will be a heaven. In other words, there will be no evil there, only joy, no Satan, no devil, no unhappiness. But they will differ in light and glory and power. The heavens have varying degrees of glory. Paul compares them to the light of the sun, the light of the moon, and the light of the stars. Each will be ruled by a different set of laws, and those who live there will inherit their kingdom according to the level of spiritual laws they obeyed on earth. God is not arbitrary. It is according to the law of agency. Those who inherit the third or highest heaven are those who strove until the end to keep all the commandments of God that they knew to the best of their ability, repenting when necessary. It is only the law of mercy that allows repentance. The law of mercy covers all sins and repentance is available to all. No one gets into any of the heavens without Christ. His atonement is incredibly broad. Eventually, everyone will know that Jesus is the Christ. Many will die atheists of their own choice, but all will be resurrected believing in Christ, for only through the power of Christ will they be resurrected. However, all children of God will be resurrected, whether in the first or the last resurrection is according to their behavior and their repentance. Christ wants everyone to go to heaven, but he cannot force anyone to heaven. He gives the laws and allows people to choose their own path. That is the only reason evil is allowed in the world. Sin is not a thing of itself. All sin is violation of law. All good is obedience to law. This is a paradox. Without law, there is no sin. Without both God and Satan, there would be no agency. The very definition of agency is the ability to choose between good and evil. Christ judges us according to the laws we have and the laws we live. We are judged by our works. Because all things, even heaven, are governed by a complete set of laws, the laws we live determine the heaven we attain. The laws we choose to disobey, if unrepented, determine the punishment we receive. Contrary to common belief, punishment for sin has an end when the price is paid in full, because of the law of mercy. In Revelation 20, John the Revelator wrote, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man according to their works, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Once the punishment of the wicked is ended, then they are resurrected. These are the ones who do not come forth until the second resurrection. They are the ones who refuse to repent and to allow the atonement of Christ to pay for their sins. Once they have satisfied the law of justice, however, through the mercy of Christ, they are set free from prison. They are resurrected and rewarded according to their good works. 
Very few are all good and all evil. Those who come forth in the first resurrection do not have to go to hell, for they have repented of their sins, and they are saved by the grace of Christ. Those who come forth in the second resurrection first must pay for their own sins in hell because they did not allow Christ to exercise his grace. Those who come forth in the second resurrection, after having paid for their sins, however, shall inherit a kingdom of glory compatible with the laws they lived and the good they did. Such is the power of the atonement. Those who think Christ wants anyone to suffer in hell do not understand Christ. Everything he did was to keep us from paying for our own sins. Why would he want anyone to suffer? That makes his atonement in vain. We should never forget the true mission of Christ so eloquently stated in John 3. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. Those were not idle words. No little children go to hell. All children who die before the age of accountability go back to heaven with Christ. Only those who are accountable for their sins and did not repent must pay for their own sins. Those who do not know the law are not held accountable for the law. The atonement of Christ pays for their sins. Because of the atonement of Christ, No one must pay for the fall of Adam or for the sins of others. We are accountable only for our own sins that we commit in the flesh. Those who willfully sinned, once they have paid the price for their sins, are released from punishment, resurrected, and rewarded for the good they did do. They will not receive the reward of the just, but they will inherit a kingdom of glory compatible with the laws they lived. God would not allow anyone to suffer more than they deserved. Only the sons of perdition will not have their names written in the Lamb's book of life. They are not the garden variety sinners. They are the ones who are forever barred from the kingdoms of God because, like the devil and his angels, they willfully rejected God, knowing with absolute certainty what they were doing. It was their choice. John concludes in Revelation 20, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. As mentioned, Paul saw the third or highest degree of heaven as recorded in 2 Corinthians 12. Only the just will go there. All those who inherit the highest glory will come forth in the first resurrection, for all of their sins are forgiven, and they are perfected in Christ. I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. Such an one caught up to the third heaven. The third heaven is the celestial kingdom, or highest kingdom, compared in glory by Paul to the light of the sun. Christ dwells in the third, or highest heaven, with the Father. It is also mentioned in the writings of John the Revelator. In Revelation 22 we read, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb, In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manners of fruit, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. And his servants shall serve him, 
and they shall see his face, and there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign for ever and ever. Such beautiful descriptions speak of the glory of God, and of his kingdom, and of the blessings he has in store for us. It better helps us understand the nature of God. However, the question of why God is God is very complex. Therefore, we shall continue our discussion next week. Thank you for joining us. Please join us next week as we continue to address the question of why is God God. Next week, we shall focus on the importance of the law of opposition. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.